0: Welcome to the Created for Experience podcast, where we explore how your past experiences shape your future. As you may have guessed, I'm not your typical host, Billy Bowie. This is Julia from Team Billy B. I'm here today filling in for Billy while he's out for the week. You will hear Billy, though, um, as he interviews this week's guest, Candy Valentino. Um, And it is a great show that you don't want to miss. She is an entrepreneur and philanthropist from a small town, but she really does have a big heart for people and also animals. Um, I'll let her tell you more about who she is, but prepare yourself because she does not just talk talk; she talks to get people to move and take action. So, before we dive into this interview, remember to subscribe and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, let us and other people know out there that you're a fan of the Create for Experience podcast, and um, also tell us if you're thinking of anyone that we should interview soon. All right, let's dive into this week's Create for Experience podcast with Candy Valentino.
1: All right, so I'm live here with Candy, and I'm so pumped you're on the show. What's up?
2: Hey, Billy, thanks so much for having me.
1: I'm so excited you're here, and listen, I know you're out in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, right now, living that great life. But, but it says here that. Like a girl from a tiny town in Pennsylvania with a big heart, a big vision, and a massive mission. So, so I want to, like the folks that don't know you out there, I hear Scottsdale, um, I hear Pennsylvania, I know you as a friend and a colleague and an entrepreneur and author and all the cool things you're doing. But for the folks that don't know you, tell them about Candy.
2: Well, I, I love that question because I see so many times on social media, people posting all of these curated photos and nobody shares the backstory, right? So yeah, I'm in sunny Scottsdale. It's it's like 105 degrees out here right now because it's yes. summer, you know, but what people don't always recognize is the backstory to where people were and what they had to go through before they got to where they are. So for me, I grew up in a small town about an hour outside of Pittsburgh, Um, Two teenage parents had no clue (laughs) what was going on, and we basically kind of grew up together. Um, My dad was a mechanic. My mom was a cleaning lady, and they grinded and hustled, and I learned all about hard work and how to treat people well at a very young age, so um, it was pretty natural. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. on, I'm going to jump in right there. Okay. (laughs) Mechanic and a cleaning lady and grind and learning how to treat people well. Just the fact that that's what you learned from your parents that had those trades. That is amazing. I mean, how how did you, how did you recognize as a kid? Did you watch them? Did you monitor how they treated people? Like how did you get that?
2: Well, so for me, I had a very unique experience. You know, most kids kind of go to school, they get home, they have a snack, they have maybe have a sport or a hobby. Um, I was every single day of my life from the time I was in kindergarten, my bus dropped me off at my dad's mechanic shop. So Yes. Five years old, six years old, all the time until I was 16 years old, I was at the garage with him doing my homework in the office, answering the phones, typing on the typewriter. If those listeners are old enough to, to know what those are, um, yep. so I learned how to treat people that came in the to the shop. You know how he interacted with people. I I learned business basically instead of learning soccer or dance. I learned business. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. A lot of people then kind of thought like, oh my gosh, this kid doesn't really have a life. She's always, always here. But if you ask me one of my favorite things that I did in my life, it was working with my dad at the garage.
1: Isn't it cool that the opinions people have about who Candy should have been were much different than what you were experiencing in your life, right? Isn't that what a lot of us do? We we take the opinions of others or you're not living a good life or you're not doing this. But you would say internally, no, I loved it. I want to know what carburetor and I don't want to get into like car parts because I don't know. That's like the only one I do know. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> that was a good one. You know, that was like the longest one, the coolest one I could think of. Was, that's was, a gonna, great word. I was going to say carburetor and engine. And I know engine is like everything. So <laughs> engine a little like, yeah,
2: that's easy. So carburetor is <laughs> like, that's man. Like, that was for
1: good. Sure, for sure. Well, I just love that you have the perspective. I didn't miss out, but I learned who I was supposed to be. And so when you say for the listeners are listening in, for you, how much did you listen to the people from the outside that were saying, "Oh, you didn't play soccer or dance, but you grinded and had to work"? How much did you process that? Did you even know that that was a conversation? Did you battle through it? I would love to hear some of that.
2: So I think that that is something I actually battled as I got older. When I was younger, I was so strong in who I was and who I wasn't, and I don't, I can't exactly tell you who that, where that came from. The only thing I can say is that sometimes when you don't have uh, the, all the resources, all the education, all of the people kind of coddling you and you have to figure shit out on your own. Come on. Like when, when you don't have anyone else to turn to, you have to turn within. You have to find a way to figure it out, to rise above. And I think that sometimes we're in this world now where everyone wants to go to a guru or a pro or a mentor. And it's like, dude, you have all the answers inside of you. You just need to like drown out the noise and the opinions of other people and listen and freaking go. And so I think because I didn't have that like ethereal upbringing of like all of this, you know, sunshine and rainbows that it was like survival and we figured shit out and i think if people did that more they would free themselves from all of the junk that they hear and what they should be doing you know technically what i should have been calm was a statistic you know my mom was 16 um we were super poor we were on assistance and and welfare when when i was first born because who wouldn't be at 16 and 19 years old right and so for me i that that was 87% i remember reading that when i was in school like that was my path and i was like says who like someone has so hold on, to be Oprah. So hold on, hold
1: on hold, right? on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The says who gene, like the says who mentality, how did you get that? Do you think that was DNA? Do you think that was, I read something somewhere. I know 15 years old would have, was a pivotal time for you when you had an interaction with Tony Robbins and you first saw like personal development and that sort of thing. But the, the says who part that is so interesting to me in your story. And listeners out there, you heard, I could have been a statistic. I could have blamed something else. Even your even your mom and dad, they could have said, well, well this isn't going to work. But they figured out a way to make it happen. So I want to hear you right. talk about the says who part for a second.
2: I believe that. I I think everybody has it in their DNA. I think what it is, is it's in their environment that almost breeds it out of them because we're in such a, and I hate to use the word coddled again, but it's, it's like the only term I can really think of is we're in just this world where it's like, oh, you know, this is what you should be. And this is what you shouldn't be. And I think I've always just pressured and challenged the why, the, the says who, who says that I need to be like, uh, a stay-at-home mom who says that I need to have four kids who says that I need to I can't run a business at 19 like I so I think I've always yes I've had that some in my DNA like I've always been pretty competitive and I think that's also partly my upbringing again because it was like you know you weren't like you I brought home straight A's and my dad was like oh okay that's good you know yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't really like oh my gosh let's go to dinner and celebrate and get a prize like there was no prize there was it was literally just living and and i maybe that seems like such a, a cavemanic <laughs> type of of upbringing but to me i think I, i'm so grateful for it because i would not be the woman i am if i had a different set of parents or a different childhood and i think a lot of times for the listeners out there i think that we we sometimes look at like, oh, what if this would have been different? Or, you know, I wish I would have had this. And I, I think that's bullshit. I think that you're in the exact place that you are for a reason. And if you're stuck, it's because you're not looking for the good. You're not looking for all the reasons to be grateful. You're not looking for the positivity and, and why you're alive and why you're meant to be here. And so I think sometimes we get stuck in that mentality, but we are, we have the power to pour ourselves out. You got me
1: fired up over here right now. I'm ready to jump to this microphone and tackle somebody. Let's go. Yeah, let's That's go. That's what I'm saying right <laughs> let's now. Let's go. Listen, the, the shoulda, <laughs> woulda, coulda, I mean, that is what takes people out. I should have done this. I would have done this if this would have happened. And, and yes, everyone in life has things they have to overcome. I have, you have, when I hear your story, my parents divorced and I was five years old and mom and dad trading me over the weekends and crying every weekend, going back and forth and child support and mom working three jobs and, and seeing all the things that I had to go through. But I'm so thankful that I got the opportunity to go through that because that's made me who I am today. And it's made me so incredibly grateful. And we talk a lot at our house, I've got a five, six and seven year old. And so I talk to my kids a lot. It's like, You know, let's talk about why that person got that trophy. It was so interesting. My son won a baseball tournament last year, and he got this big trophy, and it was awesome. But the second-place team, the team that didn't win, got the same exact trophy of my Uh son who won it. I was like, y'all.
2: Dude, that's a whole other podcast. We, I, oh my, we don't have enough time to believe, cover that. I, they, you're literally, oh, you're robbing, you're robbing our children of all of their like desire to go out and win. And it, and it, like you don't get a, you don't get a second place trophy. Like you don't, like no one's going to do that. And then what happens is we're hiring them, Billy. Right? Like, so then they go from getting the second place trophy or the eighth place trophy, and then they come in and they expect the world to be handed to them. And the world owes you nothing. I, I posted I posted a uh, meme on Facebook and I actually got a lot of slack for it, but I didn't care because again, like it, it's legit. It was a piece of paper that was blank. And it said, here is the list of all of the things that the world owes you the world owes you nothing. Like, this is your life. If you aren't where you want to be, my friends, you have the power to go out and grab life and run with it. Like every single pain that you experienced, every circumstance in your life, everything that you've encountered has made you stronger, better, and more prepared for where you need to go. And so I think that we're doing a disservice to our kids, our youth, our friends, our family, our colleagues, when when we're giving them participation trophies in any way.
1: And I would say I am so blessed to work with the next generation and so many team members at my organization who, and I, I look for that. I look for like, wait, where's the entitlement? Where's the grind? Where's the optimism? Where's the here's a blank sheet of paper and go fill it yourself kind of mentality. And so I'm so grateful that the next generation, there, there are a lot that, have overcome even that coddled mentality. But yes. there are some that will need to be like, gosh, just wake up. You have the opportunity right in front of you. You have the internet and you can literally do That's anything right. you want and stop making excuses or blaming the past. So anyway, I'm going to jump right past that because we could have a, an hour and a half conversation and you got me yeah. fired up. So <laughs> exactly. good. And so you heard him mention um, a few things you said already is that the Tony Robbins thing at 15 and then you started a business at 19 and then a nonprofit at 26. So tell me about the starter mentality. Maybe maybe just zoom in on the nineteen when you started your first business. Tell me about what did you have to overcome to start that, and tell me your mentality, and, and maybe speak to the listeners out there that have an idea that don't know really know how to start. Take me back to to candy at nineteen and how you started and what you were thinking about.
2: So nineteen, you know, twenty years ago, because um, I'm not a millennial, okay. <laughs> um, was a very different time for women. You know, there was there was not an internet there. Well, I should say there was, but it wasn't in the capacity that we have now. It was, you know, um, there wasn't the apps that we have. There wasn't a term called boss babe or girl boss or, you know, female empowerment. Like, it was still very male dominated even at that time, 20 years ago. So... I had to overcome a lot of people saying like who the hell do you think you are starting a business as a female at 19 years old like and what you did don't you do? have a degree. like what did you do you like, don't have-
1: that, I think about that now how revolutionary that was like how did you take that feedback or how did you respond Watch me <laughs>
2: <laughs> Every yes. time every yes. time Every time when they said, you you can't build this building, you can't build this building, you can't get that loan, you can't do this spa. Like, who has a spa in this crappy little town? You know, like, it was a, a small little, like, railroad town at that time. You know, you can't have a spa. There's not even one in the whole county. Like, you're not going to do this at 19. You know, you can't start a nonprofit. You don't have any experience. You can't. Who do you, what do you, who do you think you are starting a farm and rescuing animals? You have no oh, farming it. experience. You have no, aunt. you know. And every time it's like, dude, watch me, like watch me. And to me, that, that would fuel my fire. Every time someone said I couldn't, it just like, it breathed life into me and I wanted to run harder and faster. And then it was like, it was just my... I don't know, it was my thing. I, I love the grind. And I think that's why I like the start so much. I like the challenge. I I just am not the person that can be a one-dimensional, master one thing, be done. It's just not me. Like I very much like to, okay, did it, accomplished it. All right, let's go. Like I, you know, bought the farm to start the animal sanctuary. And everyone was yeah, tell like, me about oh, this that. place has Let, been abandoned. Let's pause on that for a second. No the animal way.
1: sanctuary. Tell me the, the acreage, what you guys are up to. I love following you on Instagram. Those of you that are listening, make sure you go uh, follow Candy Valentino on Instagram. You post a lot about all the different, you have this stroller you take some of your animals on a walk with. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so dope. Like, tell us about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So just a little overview. So uh, I was 26. So 26 started, just decided, you know what, we need to help more animals, you know, and I kind of had an epiphany moment, um, that was quite an experience. And since this is what the podcast is all about, maybe I'll share that with you. Um, but I actually walked out of of my business and 26 years old, I'd accomplished everything I set out to do the financial goals, the house, the cars, the purse, the shoes. And I was like, okay, you know, walking out work, work one night, nine o'clock at night. I was like, is this all there is? Like, is this it? Like I did all of this. I grinded for this. I hustled for this. And this is, this is it. And I got in my fancy car and I was driving past a building that I had just bought. And I was wrestling with this in my mind. And I was like, God, is this all that there is? And it was like a voice as audible as you and I are talking, Billy, came up from the back of my car as if it was in my ear and said, put your animal shelter there. And it still gives me chills today to talk about it. And it was like I passed that building, that thought came to me, and it was instinct. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to put my animal shelter there. Meanwhile, that conversation had never, ever occurred other than maybe somewhere in the back of my subconscious. And I walked into the door of my house at the time. The guy that I was dating at the time, I was like, hey, that building I just bought, I'm going to put an animal shelter in there. And he was like, um, okay. So then like the next day I'm like, okay, what attorney do I need to find to start in a 501c3? And how do I even start an animal shelter? Like, what do you need?
1: You heard a voice that said, go do something awesome. What do you think it takes Mm -hmm. from someone to hearing something they're wanting to do, whether it's in their subconscious, whether they hear it audible, whether they're journaling, whether they're reading, um, some sort of document spirit, like whatever that is, and then you—it sounds like you have the ability to go from idea to action, like really quickly. And even, even, and I think that's something I'm, I'm learning yeah. sort of traces throughout your stories. You do that, and I'm sure you had some things that failed, right? Some things you tried that, right? So, so overcoming oh, failures would be part yeah. of that. But, <laughs> but how do you go from yeah. crap? I don't know. Five hundred one C three. What lawyer do I talk to? How, what keeps you motivated? I'm, I'm interested to hear for some of our folks that are tuning in of how do you go from idea to action, and what are some maybe some parts of your mentality where you say, I've just got to start. Here's what I do. Like, how do you do that? I want to learn that.
2: So that's such a great question. And the one question you asked in the very beginning is, is if I do nothing else today is just for your listeners to get this. Your question was, how do you hear that? Like, how do you actually hear that voice? And the only way we are ever going to hear that that distinctly is to silence the noise of all the other stuff around us. The opinions of the people you've never met at sally123 on Instagram or somebody on Facebook or your parents or your friends or society, the only way you're going to ever know what it is that you're truly here to do is when you silence all All of those other opinions, societal norms, everything you've learned and heard, and listen to your own voice. We've all been, we all have this internal guidance inside of us. We all have these voices that are screaming to get out. The only thing is we don't listen. So life sometimes has to give us these extremely painful moments because we don't freaking listen to what it was telling us to begin with. So for me, I've just when you don't have all of that external dialogue coming at you or going on in your mind, it's super easy for me to have discernment to know when that voice happens. And it's like, let's go. So and the only reason that I have I do I have a very short fuse from idea to action because one I don't give a shit if I fail. If I fail, I'm just like, oh, all right. Well, okay, then I didn't do that right or it wasn't the right time or it it doesn't have any value of who I am as a person or my worth if I were to go out and start an animal shelter and it didn't work. Like at least I got up and gave it a go. Like who says that they did? Like, who else has, right? So, I would rather be the person that tried as much because it's like Wayne Gretzky. You keep shooting, you keep shooting. And if you shoot more than anybody else, you're going to have more successes and scores than anybody else. So, I would rather go out and swing for the fences every freaking time because I know if I do it more than someone else, I'm going to still eventually have a net gain at the end. So, For me, that start people don't start again. It's because of fear. They fear that failure. Oh, what are people going to say? You know, what's what's it going to look like if I try this business and fail? What's that going to mean? And then they start to tie their worth with it. Does this mean that I'm not smart? Does this mean that I'm not valuable? Does this mean that I'm not going to be good at anything that I do? And it doesn't mean any of that. It just might mean that you you know started a real estate company in 2008 and you lost your shirt. Like that has nothing to do with your ability. You could be the best real estate person in the world. You just picked a really crappy time. So I don't get caught up into all of that. And I have in moments of my life. And anytime I do, that's when I have the most amount of pain. When I start to listen to somebody else's opinion about who I should be and what I should do and not listen to my own, that's when you have the most pain in your life. So to the listeners out there, if you're struggling with something, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you don't want to start, I would ask you to just really take an honest look inside yourself. And say, whose opinion am I valuing? Is it because I don't want to blast this on Facebook because I don't know what people are going to say? If it's something that you're truly passionate about, something that you that lights you up, that brings you joy, who gives a shit what Sally, Susie, or Joe has to say about it? Come this is on. your life, guys. We only Listen, get to I do think this we just once to make the podcast Right count. there,
1: and just shut it down. That's what I'm talking about. It's so good. And you know, look at your story of you know, mom and dad grinding, making it happen. You. Um, being a kid that would go and learn how to be a mechanic when you were young and starting a business at 19 and nonprofit at 26. I mean, there's so many of these things throughout that are impressive. But I think the most impressive thing for me is it's, and we hear this a lot, a lot of the quote unquote gurus out there will talk about mindset. You know, we'll talk about, it's got to be your mindset. And and I agree, but it gets so uh, ethereal or way out there that I've got to take mindset and really make it practical for me. And, and Dr. Carol Dweck, she wrote a book called Mindset, which changed my life. We read it as a team a couple of years ago. And she talked about there's two kinds of people in life. It's either growth mindset or fixed mindset. Mm. That's it. Instead of stop judging your IQ, stop judging everything else. It's either you believe that the future is better than the current. You can grow, you can improve, you can make it happen, or you're fixed saying all things are going to remain equal. And most of my life is going to remain the exact same. Mm. And I think that yes. is the difference that I see in you is it's not perfect. It's not pretty it's, it's the grind. I've started a lot of things that have absolutely failed that have been really dumb ideas and haven't happened. And it's learning how in those failures, not to view it as I was a failure, absolutely. but yeah, that was a failure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, say, but, but how many failures have you had where that failure took you to something better, but you never would have gotten to the better unless you went to the failure. Right? Oh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. And, right. and one thing you said, I just want to, I wanted to kind of jump in on, you said, you know, these things that I'm talking about may look impressive, right? It, if you if you put them on a list, oh, she did this at 19, and she does this, and she did it, that, might look impressive, but there's nothing impressive about me. Like, and I I want people to get that because I think we hear people on podcasts and we think, oh, well, that worked for them because she had this or that. This person had that. They're the only thing that that really is different is that I went after it and I didn't care if I failed. I went after it and I did the work. I made the action. I did everything I could. I didn't just sit around and wait for it. I didn't find excuses. Like I always say, I'm not that smart. I was not that connected. I don't have some fancy degree. I didn't have some crazy... Uh, you know, childhood of of doing all of these incredible things in my life. I had never even left the state of Pennsylvania until I think I was eighteen. Like I literally grew up on bologna sandwiches and ho hos. Like, yeah, yeah, right. That's <laughs> like, all,
1: the food That's all the food groups right there exactly. in one thing. You got it. So I don't. I what I
2: what I don't want is for anyone to be listening to this and be like, oh, this woman's so impressive. No, what it is is it is the desire to want something more for your life. So badly that it'll pull you out of bed in the morning because you have such a fire because you're alive, not wasting a day on what so-and-so has to say or what so-and-so thinks you should do. You know, I, I talked with this girl and I always remember this because I thought if I do nothing but free people from this for their entire life and I have a life well lived, she was going to nursing school because her aunt was a nurse and her mom was a nurse. And all these other people thought she was a nurse. And she was like, well, I think being a nurse would be great. And I'm like, that sounds so painful, like to wake up every day and be like, well, I think this would be great. You know, I think this would be good to do. I said, and this is a, something for maybe your listeners, if you want to write down, this is something I ask clients all the time. If you had $100 million in the bank, and, but you had to wake up and do something every single day to collect on that money, how would you spend your days? And if, if nursing doesn't even come into the realm, if it doesn't even show up at all or helping people, does it, you know, something else shows up, but you, you have to work to collect it. What would it be? You know, and I think stopping yourself and saying, does this decision that I'm about to make take me closer to or further away from where I ultimately want to be with my life and being able to say no to those things that are going to take you away from your ultimate goal and your plan is so valuable. And making sure that you do it now, because like you said, Billy, what happens is if you don't say no, or you don't pivot, because you're worried about all these other external circumstances, that's when you have pain. That's when you have the failure, because you're not actually dialing into that inner instinct and that voice inside of you and really listening to you and just going all in on it.
1: And it's a theme you're saying of work hard, get after it, grind, hustle, but also get inward pause
2: Absolutely. Meditate, oh, don't pray. I I am I'm definitely not the girl that's like, "Oh, let's sit on your couch and um like let your stuff come to you." No, 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 no. Like you do that because it's going to help, but you got to get out and get after come it. Come on. Um, I yeah. I don't know why hustle is turning into this like bad word on social media, but I am so hustle. I am so grind. There is no one that is going to outwork me. I mean, it is like if I'm after something, I'm going for it. And then you do the meditation. Then you do the prayer. Then you get in alignment. Then you seek like, you know, making sure that this is what you want to be doing with your life. But it's it's both. You've got to have both. You can't just be all inward and you can't just be all grind and hustle. It has to be a combination. That's
1: why both. I love Gary Vee so much when he talks about the hustle and patience. When he challenges people to go get after and grind, I'm not concerned how many hours you sleep. I'm concerned what you do while you're awake. And I remember getting that. A- I, mean, I remember getting that question from me, saying, "Gosh, yeah, I, I do my best to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. I know that I can't function well on that. I think hustle is like, oh, you work so much, you work so hard. No, if you love it, you're gonna work hard." If you hate right. your job or you suck at it, you should stop doing it. You should find something you love. And then guess what? You're going to find yourself in the hustle gang because you're actually going to enjoy it. And you might work that extra 30 minutes or an hour, push even harder on something. So um, I love that question. If you had $100 million that's in the right. bank, uh, what would you do with it? How would you how would you cash it in and get it done? So that's great stuff. I'm, uh, I'm looking at your website right now and I see something called We Rise. And I'm seeing a lot about the shelter on there. And I know that you have something very special you've been working on for the last little bit. So tell the folks what what you have going on, some of the things you offer. And I know we're going to be able to put the word author next to your name very, very soon. So tell us about that.
2: Yeah, super excited about that. Yeah, so I, you know, the sanctuary, obviously I'm very involved with um, as a volunteer CEO. Um, I've run it for the last 13 years without taking a salary. And that's kind of my contribution and, and way to give back. And we've been able to grow leaps and bounds and save thousands and thousands of animals' lives while spreading kindness and compassion to the world. Um, we're developing an at-risk youth program, where we help kids who've also been physically and sexually abused and they get to come to the sanctuary and hear the stories of the animals and it fosters hope and healing because what a lot of people don't realize is if you've been um, a victim of abuse, a lot of times you can't build normal bonds with humans, but you can relate to the story of a non-threatening animal so they get to hear the stories of the animals and how they've been treated, you know, inhumanely so and awesome. neglected and abused. So cool. And it, you know, kind of like lets their walls start falling down and, and develops bonds and trusts again. So super, super cool thing. Um, absolutely love it. Love, love our mission. Love our volunteers. I have the most amazing staff. Totally heartless heartless the
1: opposite, of heartless. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the opposite. yeah um, but they are just so amazing and um, so I that has been incredible we're growing that um, we're expanding we're actually building so right now we're building a brand new state-of-the-art uh, adoption center on our 62 acre farm which is super exciting we'll be able to rescue even more animals than we ever have before and be able to have programs for the community so that's exciting in the back of all of this, and the businesses, and all that other stuff, I've been writing a book, which I am super passionate about. It's something uh, I feel like God put on my heart like twelve years ago, and it was just honestly one of those things. Like I was just saying, it was like I, I I can't, and that maybe not now. So like, see, even me, like again for your listeners out there, like you're going to listen to people that are talking on podcasts. And I always want you to remember that regardless of what they're experiencing or what they're saying now at year 20, they're year two, they're year five, they're year six, look just like yours. And they still struggle with stuff all the time too. So that book for me, like I'm all like, let's go, let's do it. But I let someone seep into my mind about 12 years ago about this book and I didn't put it out. And it has been like, every probably six months, 12 months, hey, you should do this book. You should do this book. I keep getting this like internal push, but writing a book, depending on what it's about, it's a very vulnerable thing. It really puts you out there. And I think I needed to be in a place in my mind and in my life that I was willing and ready to kind of like put on the helmet and allow life to like, you know, whack whatever wax it wants to take at you, and I'm I'm at that place. I'm like, let's go. The armor's on, and um, and I feel protected and called to do that. So, the uh, the book is Paths Your Powerful Purpose, and it is going to be out here. It's actually next year. So, and it basically just helps people find what it is that they're on this earth for to give them more fire and 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 more zest for life and more vitality and be able to wake up and have that pull in the morning to get you out of bed because I think. The only failure that exists is to have a calling on your life and to die with it still inside of you. And and I think that for us as humans in this experience of life, if we can figure out what that is earlier rather than later, we won't be one of those people sitting around on our deathbed with our family all around us saying, what if? You know, for me, and, and I would hope for anyone listening the worst thing you can do is allow all of the people or society or the norms or the voices in your head to prevent you from going out and trying something that you want to do or that you feel that you should try. Because I'm telling you, 20 years down the road, 40 years down the road, anytime you sit with somebody that is close to death's door, the one thing they talk about is, I wish I would have. And I don't want any wish I would have. I want to sit there and be like, dude, that was fun. That was crazy. That was a fun ride. And we, you know, we got knocked down, but we got back up and it it was a blast because my plans to live did not be 95. Like good old Betty White. She's like, she's my hero, (laughs) Betty White. You know, she's an animal rescuer. She's feisty. She's like, she is like Kicking Death's butt. She's like, I'm gonna hang out here as long as I I can. So um, but for your for your listeners, I would say that that's the one thing. That's the one thing. Like, figure out what it is that you're here. And it's not gonna come to you in one euphoric moment. It's gonna come to you in motion and through action. And you you kind of bumble along your path. That's why it's a path. That's why I call it a path because it's literally like, okay, I go down, oh, yeah, okay, that wasn't exactly what I thought it was gonna be. And then you adjust and you pivot, and that's okay. That's what this experience is all about. And I was talking
1: to someone this week about God's will, about hearing a voice, making a motion in a certain direction, and then having that door closed, and then wondering whether you heard that voice or not. And for me, like being a person of faith, I think that God is into like us being really happy at what we're doing and enjoying it, but also learning as we go and not taking yourself so seriously of like, hey, I'm going to try it and go and make it happen. If that doesn't work, it doesn't mean that some higher being is pissed at me. It's just, I did all that I could. And that just, that is leading me to be a better person. It's what you got. It's what's got you to your book. You know, you had to get to a point where you got punched in the mouth enough where you got up and said, no, like I'm writing the book. Let's get the helmet. Let's get the armor. Let's make an impact. So I cannot wait to get get my hands on that book. I'm I'm fired up that you're finishing it and you're inspiring me because I'm in the middle of finishing my first book, um, as well. So, I know. Yeah, I'm so, excited.
2: So excited. I'm excited, brother.
1: And, um, we'll we'll talk more about that down the road. But I want to take you right now and and pivot a little bit. Use the word pivot. And actually, I have a leadership resource on my website called the Pivot. I talk a lot about like changing. So we're going to turn on the dime here for a second. We're going to go right to a thing we call the Experience Factory. Listen, I'm going to play some sound effects for you. And I want you to take me on a little journey. I'm gonna play four or five of them, I just want to hear where you go with this particular sound effect. So, okay. um, I'm just gonna have a little fun. So, this is gonna be might awesome. be uh, a little bit tough, a little bit tricky. Let's do it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a little bit, see what I can uh, okay. make you experience here. You ready? Let's I'm go up with for this. It. Right awesome. about. I'm ready. Let's go, let's go. first. Okay, where'd you go?
2: Hmm. So when I was a little girl, my grandmother for a few years lived right next to the trailer that I grew up in and she had a pond and that pond used to always have the same ducks come back year after year after year. And I would always be so excited to see them fly in and I would run down to the pond and like get so excited. I want almost go in. And that's what that sound reminded me of are those two sweet ducks that came you back go right, every like, single I spring. I want
1: to pause for a second you said trailer, like your, your grind, your hustle, your passion, your gratitude, your parents that raised you, like your perspective is unreal. Like you haven't let life circumstances beat you up, which just fires me up. I'm not trying to get you to cry on the podcast, but I just love the subtle things that you drop. It's (laughs) like, you know, you've, you've gotten, you've just overcome a lot to get to where you are. It's freaking impressive. So anyway, how about this one right here? I'm gonna take you back. You no, said you said that. you were almost to that um four oh number right there. I'm forty two myself, and this 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 sound right here is gonna take us to a certain place. Let's see where it takes you.
2: All right, let's go.
1: Oh what? my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's like, isn't it going like bomb? It takes about eight eight minutes to actually dial up. But yes, that's
1: the sound of dial up internet.
2: (laughs) Where does that take? Oh, Oh, my gosh. So, like 15 years old in my bedroom on the phone with my girlfriend, Kimmy, saying, Okay, I'm jumping on. Are you on? Yeah, I'm jumping on. Okay, okay, all right. It's still going. Oh, okay. Well, which chat room are you going to jump in? Okay, I'm going to jump in this one. And then it's like, you've got mail. The old AOL thing, like, because that was the only yep. email. There was like, you've yep. got mail every time you signed on. Oh, my gosh. And then we would be up until like 2 in the morning in these oh, yeah, like, chat So rooms. I would go in the chat Do you remember rooms and those? I would get a
1: friend of mine to go in there with me. And we would like, like gang up on somebody. Like this is the mean part of Billy. But we would like – somebody would talk trash and then we <laughs> would like – we didn't say that we knew each other, but then we would talk and kind of gang up on folks. Like I remember – going into chat rooms, my freshman year of college. And I remember just having this mindset of this is about to change everything. Just, I'm talking to someone in China, in Australia and Brazil yeah. and like literally all over the yeah. place. What was
2: your, user? I, do you remember your handle? It was
1: probably something with a baseball. I I think it was base, baseball 1734, which like, my two okay. numbers were 17 and 30. It was like something dumb like that. What was yours?
2: I think, I think, which my girlfriend, she remembers everything she would remember. But I think it was Candy Bomb, like (laughs) (laughs) B-O-M-B. Because I always had like plays off of my name. And like back then, like if you were were first to the gate, you had all these cool options. Like it wasn't like now with domains, you got to pay like 19 grand to get a cool domain name. Like everything was kind of available in the beginning. Oh, I love that. That takes me back to just like pure happiness and just... Love and life, you know, thinking that you're, I like you're this. and the, you're so this one, Yeah, I'm going to exactly. flip it up a little
1: bit. We're going to go to, uh, the animal shelter world right now. Tell me what you hear, where it takes you.
2: All right. Hmm. Well, I know what that sound is, but actually what it invokes in me is this joy that I feel when I'm at the sanctuary. There is like a peace and a happiness and a laughter. Like when you are serving and you are contributing to someone or a cause or a mission that is bigger than you, there's just no feeling like it. And it is in an unbridled joy is the only way to describe it. And the animals, they're not always audible like that, but man, they... They sure give you their generosity and their grace and their thanks in their own way. So that's what that that's reminds a great way me of. To
1: say it. All right, we're out of the factory. I'm, I'm gonna let you out of the factory. That was a great job right there. Yeah. <laughs> so as we, as we close down this podcast, oh, awesome. um, if you had one message to share with the world, what would it be?
2: Guys, we're here to make a difference. I mean, that's it. Like we get to do this once. Go out. Achieve it all. Try it all. Do it all. Fail, stumble, get back up, try something else. And at the end of it all, the reason that we're here is to contribute beyond ourselves. If you go out and you achieve all of your dreams and all you have to show for it is a bunch of trophies, whether you call those cars or houses or money, you are going to feel so unfulfilled. So find something that fires you up, that gets you passionate, that makes you want to serve and grow beyond yourself that's the reason we're here. So if I leave you with nothing else, but that message, I would say, get out there, find something that you're passionate about. I know you've
1: inspired our listeners as well. We've got several folks that are listening live right here in our studio here at elevate. And I got a lot of smiles and head nods around the room. So super grateful for you sharing your wisdom and passion. Uh, where should folks find you? So, um, where do you want them to, to go? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it YouTube website? Where should they go?
2: Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. I'm probably on Instagram more than any other platform. I do have Facebook, uh, Instagram, Candy Valentino, or my website, candyvalentino.com, um, and all the information of any products or services or anything. And then shoot me a DM. Let me know if this podcast helped you in any way, or if I can serve you or support you or champion you in any way. Um, I love it. Well, Candy, know, feel free thank to reach you out. so That's much to being for being on the
1: podcast. Uh, you're a creative for experience. Yeah. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Billy. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.